It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Yeah! Partying, I can't do it. I did not, I did not pull off. The Steve Cofield, yeah, I kind of tried half-heartedly. It is what it is. It's Friday. I'm excited. It's happy. Who doesn't love that song? I know Ari gets all fired up every single time. I actually do enjoy it. I think it's great. You got to be happy. You got to be smiling when you hear that song. So much to get into on this Friday edition of Cofield and Company. I am Adam Hill. Steve Cofield will be along shortly from the Bay Area up there for UNLV and San Francisco Tomorrow, I'm excited to talk to him about that because I have been up to that gym several times the last couple of years. It's it's an awesome place to watch a basketball game. Basically a high school gym, but it's very cool. Uh, so we'll hear from Steve Cofield in a little bit. Uh, several, you know, we always have a, a full guest load on a Friday. Uh, the regulars, Stanford Route, will be in with us. Casey Hughes, former uh, Las Vegas high school Local high school, not Las Vegas high school, uh, but former local high school player, played at Utah and Michigan. So a lot going on with his former schools. Uh, We'll get to conversation with him in a little bit. Mark McMillan always brings us the great guest. Larry Centers will be with him uh, and us coming up in just a little bit as well. Al Bernstein, the legend, will join us in the second hour Uh, So much to get to, including the latest on the injuries with your Las Vegas Raiders. Some big updates going into Sunday's game against the football team. We'll preview that and so much more on today's Cofield and Company. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right. Of course, we're not going to start off with sports, though, because why would we? Uh... I had a weird experience last night, Ari, that I just want to I'll just kick things off with. You might be able to help me because I, I know you're similarly uncomfortable in social slash retail situations, I guess we could get at. Oh, yeah. So I would, I, I need to know, and you can, you can hit me up on Twitter as well, Adam Hill, LVRJ, let me know um, if I'm, how wrong I am in this situation or how right. I think I'm in the right, but at the same time, how worth it is it? Um, last night went grocery shopping and because I actually can't cook or do anything functional, uh, when I go grocery shopping for food, like at night, I have to try to find something that you can just make. Like you, it's already made. You just have to pop it in the oven or the microwave. Prepare is the word. That it's I already use. prepared. No, it's, we prepare it. No, no, no. It's already prepared. Oh. And then you just either have to put it straight into the microwave without any work or, Sometimes you got to go oven. Now that's my downfall. You got to preheat it. Like I have no idea what I'm doing there. Uh, I'd prefer just it's already made and cooked. You just throw it in the microwave. So I actually found I was very happy. It was a just basically a cauliflower and broccoli 
just thrown together with some seasoning, and it's already kind of it's it's pre-made. It says literally all you do is pop it in the microwave. I was like, all right, I can do this. I'm in. It was a fairly small dish, but it was seven dollars. I was like, all right, two of them. I'll, I'll get I'll get two of them, and it says on the front, seven dollars each, or two for twelve. I was like, all right, I'm going to get two, obviously. Of course. That's what you do, right? Yes. Huge <laughs> sticker on the front of it. I go to the front. They both ring up. Put in my card. You know, I got my, got my discount card. And it says $7 for each of them. So it's $14. I'm like, okay. Now, I'm not – here's the thing. I'm not cheap at all. Like, we talked about this on the show. Like, I – I just spend money like an idiot, but it's all like tipping, that sort of thing. But I am like, everybody knows how I feel about the rules. Like, I'm like, the the rules are the rules. Like, whatever the price is, like, I want to pay what the price is. I don't want to just throw it away. Now, if if the money was going to like, you know, a small business or something like that, like, sure. I'm just like, all right, just pay the money, whatever. But I was like, "Ah, it's not supposed to be $14. It's supposed to be $12. So I called the guy over and he's like, what's going on? You know, it's a self-checkout, of course. I got to call the guy over there. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, it says two for 12. This is $7. And he goes, yeah, it says right there, $7. I was like, but it also says two for two for 12. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 it's a good point. So he's like kind of hemming and hawing about it. I was like, you know what? It's fine. He goes, no, no, no. You're right. So he types something in, and it takes a dollar off. Oh, and I'm like, awful. I go, hold on. It's it, it's two it's two dollars two dollars off it's twelve not not thirteen, but at that point, the guy kind of looked at me and I said, "I'm just I'm just gonna pay the thirteen like I I'm just paying the th- I'll I will pay the thirteen dollars I don't want to go through this process a second time I don't want to fight this battle it's the worst, but I left almost not angry is not the right word I left thinking. I just wasted a dollar, and it's bothering me. And yet, I will, who like a dollar? Who cares? I'm throwing it around willy nilly. I don't care. But at the same time, I'm like, that's that sucked. There's a lot of principle to that. Yes, that dollar sucked. No, yeah, you feel violated. I think is here's why I'm talking about it. I'm still kind of upset. (laughs) But like, how much? How much aggravation do you go through? How much aggravation do you put the employee through? At some point, you just have to give up, but I'm still kind of mad at myself. Yeah, I would have I would have went for it, and I understand what you're saying. Like, when do you give up? Because it's like, ugh, I don't want to be that guy. That's a phrase I'll use in those situations. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but... <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. I, you, got, you got burned on the, uh, the dollar thing. That's tough, because then once they actually, you know... Uh, accommodated you incorrectly incorrectly then you have to ask again yeah then you look like the bad guy that's a rough one i've been there before as a uh as a fellow non-cooking person can i say this and checkout person i'll say this delicious it was delicious <laughs> worth every dollar <laughs> I, I made one last night i'll make one tonight fantastic will you go back and buy more from the same store and and basically take the gamble that you know here i go to the to the checkout Maybe. with my two for two for 12 maybe but i think i'll I usually do try to go to an actual manned checkout anyway. Yeah, I can't. I because can't go I don't. With you on that. Oh, I'm so, I so prefer it. only because in my mind, and I, I've been told I'm wrong about this by people at stores. In my mind, 
I feel like you're taking jobs away by going to the self checkout thing. Yeah, that's. But there was no person working at the. That's the other problem, is that now I have to go call somebody over. It's a mess. Yeah, that's frustrating. Oh well, uh, frustrating for the Raiders and the football team as well this weekend. Sorry, Steve would be proud of that segue. <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us. Lot of injuries that are going on around both of these teams, and I think key key injuries that we're going to see. Um, Take in make an impact on this game, and I'm going to start on the Washington side. We'll come back uh, in a couple minutes and talk about the Raiders side because there's obviously some very key injuries there as well. But on the Washington side, uh, Landon Collins is a you know that's a big loss for the football team. I will probably say Redskins like four times today, but for the football team, Landon Collins is a big loss. Foot injury, he is out. Uh, West Whites are out as well with an ankle, but. Here's one that I do think is is impactful for a couple of ways, fantasy purposes for sure, but um, in in how Washington might approach this game. J.D. McKissick is out for Washington. Didn't practice this week. Had a concussion late in the game on Monday against Seattle, uh, and he is not going to go on Sunday with the short week. Won't be able to clear protocol. That's big for a couple of reasons. First, we'll start with fantasy. Obviously, J.D. McKissick in PPR leagues, very very high. Um, you know, high-profile player because he is the receiving back and they throw to him all the time, uh, puts up pretty big numbers out of the backfield as a receiver. But the the real – because I, I know people don't love starting him. I mean, he's he's a serviceable player that you might have to plug in in emergency situations. What it really does in fantasy is open up for a couple people. First of all, could help Terry McLaurin because they've got some targets back with Logan Thomas. they got Samuel back. So uh, this opens up some targets for McLaurin. But also – this makes Antonio Gibson a major workhorse. There's not too many of them left in the league, uh, but he will be a three-down back. Might mix in a little Patterson, and I know there was some talk about bringing Wendell Smallwood up from the practice squad, but this is you know, a big development for Washington. Those that want to see Antonio Gibson more involved in the passing game did get seven targets last week, several of those after McKissick got hurt. Uh, but I, I think Antonio Gibson is going to get a ton of touches in this game, which I do actually think makes the Washington offense much better. A uh, little bit more of a challenge for the Raiders going into this game. Uh, and it'll be a challenge, especially because they have a couple of guys that will be missing from the defensive side, from the offensive side as well. We'll break that down, get into exactly what the Raiders will have to do to uh, make some adjustments with some of their injuries and uh, absences that they expect to have on Sunday and get a full game preview as we move on throughout the show, not only of the Raiders and football team, but also all of the games in the NFL. Steve Cofield joining us in about an hour, and we'll continue on this Friday of Cofield & Company. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You know, they went through some adversity right away, and they just stayed the course, and, and they had some injuries, but they you can see that they're just getting better and better each week and that's really the key for all teams this time of the year can you continually get better you know they're, they're just working really well together right now so yeah I don't know if they're they're sneaky anymore you're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas there you go that is the voice of Gus Bradley discussing uh, the Redskins and their offense and the challenges that they present. We mentioned uh, that offense will not have J.D. McKissick. It's a little bit different of a look. 
uh, see a lot more of Antonio Gibson we'd expect in the passing game, which is probably very good for a lot of fantasy owners, myself included. I'm excited uh, to see how uh, the Redskins use Antonio Gibson in a bell cow role. Running back on the other side for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. He was injured in practice yesterday, got in a limited session, was limited again today. They didn't sound overly concerned necessarily about Josh Jacobs, but they do uh, want to see him on the field tomorrow. They have a walkthrough um, listed as questionable for the game. I would imagine as long as it, you know, no swelling and no pain tomorrow during the walkthrough, he would probably be able to go. Uh, but that is certainly something to you know keep in mind uh, as you uh, you know make your predictions for the game, the wagers, the fantasy impact, all those other things. And obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs coming off his most productive game of the season. So uh, I think the Raiders want to keep that momentum going, even though the Redskins are very exploitable through the air and not so much on the ground. That will factor into the game plan as well. Uh, so Josh Jacobs questionable. The other big star of the offense outside of the quarterback is Darren Waller. Looks like he will not play on Sunday. Uh, we kind of thought that at the beginning of the week when uh, Rich Passaccia came out and decided to list Darren Waller in a very hockey way of week to week. Um, did not practice at all this week. So doubtful to me is more out. Uh, that's usually the case with most doubtful players. Uh, again, they will see if he can go at all tomorrow at the walkthrough, but I would very, very, very much expect for Darren Waller to be out uh, of this game, which is certainly a big deal, but not as big of a deal as you may think. Uh, most teams, if they lose a tight end of Darren Waller's stature, uh, you're going to have a significant downgrade, and you will have a downgrade uh, to Foster Moreau, but Foster Moreau is an incredibly talented player, uh, a guy who, you know, six six for 60 at a touchdown the last time Darren Waller missed a game. Uh, that was against Philadelphia. Um, he's a guy with plenty of talent, plenty of receiving ability. Um, they will be able to use him, and he will be a factor uh, on offense for the Raiders. The, the way the place I think that it is a little bit more of a concern is on special teams. Foster Moreau, one of the more important special teams players that the Raiders have, and they'll have to kind of adjust how they go. His least amount of special team snaps of the season was that game against Philadelphia when he played tight end, and Rich Passaccia indicated today he will probably take a lot less snaps on special teams, although Foster Moreau is so insistent on playing on the punt team, he will still cover punts, uh, but for the most part, he will be focused on the offensive side of the ball. A couple of other injuries for the Raiders as we uh, get those designations coming in on Friday afternoons. Um, let's see. Out is Carl Nassib, defensive end, a knee issue. He did not participate in practice all week, and he will not play uh, in the game on Sunday. Uh the, a couple other questionable guys besides Josh Jacobs. Uh, Nick Witkowski, questionable, uh, as is Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon did get in a full practice on Friday, so I would f certainly expect that he's going to be able to go. Uh, Nixon and Kwiatkowski both injured their ankles against the Giants a few weeks back, uh, so they're both looking to make their return. Looks like both are kind of on track, although Keyshawn Nixon is ahead uh, to get back here. And the Deshaun Jackson... Injury situation, I don't really buy too much of an injury. I think he's probably sore. He's, he just turned 35 the other day. So uh, as most people know, when your body starts to get
there in age. Uh, you start to feel those things a little bit. But I think Deshaun Jackson more took a birthday day off yesterday from practice than he did an injury day off. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday and on Friday, didn't practice at all on Thursday. Uh, but he did speak to the media on Thursday, which is usually a pretty strong in- indication that a player plans on playing. And he did say, you know what, we're, we're being smart, we're managing, uh, we're you know making sure that this doesn't get any worse, uh, but I think I'm going to play. So I would, I would expect Deshaun Jackson is going to be a go for the game on Sunday. And that is a big factor in this offense. Uh, I, I don't expect him to put up the kind of numbers that he did against the Cowboys. Three uh, three receptions over 100 yards, a touchdown, the long score, obviously, early in the game. He also drew two really big pass interference penalties that led to scores um, during that contest as well. Uh, but I, I just feel like uh, what he does and how he impacts the offense is much more significant than just whatever shows up in the stat sheet. We talked about the running game having its most effective – uh, performance really of the year, not necessarily in total yards. I think that it was the third most yards they've had, but just it worked. It was successful. And when they needed a yard, they could get a yard for the most part. So that's that's why I think it was the most productive game that they've had, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily on the stats. But I think a lot of that is Deshaun Jackson uh, backing off the defense, taking the top off, making them respect that, that deep threat. Uh, we saw the kind of trouble Anthony Brown had with him at corner, and then they have to rotate to the safety over there, and then he got one less guy. Uh, to play the run. So I think all those things work together. And Deshaun Jackson was a very impactful player. So I think that will continue um, even if he's not putting up those kind of numbers. So don't, don't necessarily run out and expect that he's going to, you know, have that stat sheet implicate or, you know, impact, but definitely the impact on the defensive team. And the fact that they have to respect him uh, is a major factor of why he's out there and, and why uh, his presence is so important. You know, they, it's the, the part of the offense that they lost when they released Henry Ruggs and he seen, you know, Deshaun Jackson is not, you know, he's, he's not young anymore. He probably can't do that. You know, a hundred percent of the snaps, you put him in there 50% of the snaps and make the defense respect that he's going to uh, impact a game for sure. And we saw that last week. It also saw, uh, we also saw that open up not only the run, but also the play action game where once they got the run going, Linebackers had to come up and respect the play action. Derek Carr was able to pop some throws over the top of the linebackers in front of the safeties and uh, really open up that part of the field. Uh, so we'll see if that continues as well uh, with Deshaun Jackson in there, which I do expect uh, that he's going to be able to play. Uh, am I supposed to do this read now, Ari? Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> yes, let's give away some prizes here. One People, prize. I mean, listen. Somebody, somebody is going to win a six foot sub, Ari. and I, I for one, wish it was me. It's not going to be me. It's going to be one of you. Uh, what if we do fifth, sixth, eleventh, sixth caller? Why not sixth caller? Three six four eleven hundred. I sometimes forget that three six four eleven hundred. Sixth caller, because it's a six foot sub. The sixth caller is going to win a six foot sub from Porta Subs and. Qualify to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas. Six caller, three six four eleven hundred. Six foot sub from Porta Subs, and qualify to win that Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. 
awesome, especially in Las Vegas. Never been to Las Vegas, so it'd be nice to gamble a little bit if I can. I haven't done anything yet, so yeah. I don't know, I just want to make some money. Yeah. I'll play some blackjack if anybody wants to give me some money for it. Yeah, I'm broke. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, it's that time of year. College football teams coming to Vegas and get the question of what are you going to do when you're in Vegas and you get fun answers like that from, you say, Grant Cuthy? Brant? All right. It's close enough. Uh, Brad Cuthy giving the answer about uh, the blackjack. Listen, there's NIL deals open now. Somebody somebody come to the come to the table, get them to play at your spot, and uh, just give them some money to do it. Promote you guys a little bit. I think that's something that we could do. Uh, let's continue with the college football talk. And some games here, some games around the country. We'll get into uh, some very, very big games this weekend around the world of college football. And we're going to bring in a former legacy high school star from right here in Las Vegas who played not only at Utah who will be playing in the Pac-12 championship game tonight but also for my Michigan Wolverines who have a very very big game after a very big game last week uh, coming up this weekend we'll get to both those games and uh, exactly what's going on with those programs Casey Hughes joins us what's going on man how y'all doing appreciate you guys having me on yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's start with Utah, uh, where you spent much of your collegiate career. Uh, they have a big game tonight, obviously the Pac-12 championship. They just saw Oregon and handled them. Uh, what do you think of this Utah team? Uh, I think it's a, a real, very disciplined team. Uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham, he, he's strict about details, so, you know, the players going to come out and execute uh, at their best ability. What what was your experience like up there? Uh, you know, obviously a big time program at Utah, and um, not too far up the road from Las Vegas. How how much did you enjoy uh, your time there? I enjoyed my time a lot. I grew as a person there. Uh, culture wise, it was very different. But other than that, the people was loving. The team was loving. Uh, I had a good time. And what is this? you know, potential to play for the Pac-12 title and um, all that comes with it. What does that mean to to that program and that university? Man, it means a lot to the program. Yeah. You know, when they first got into the uh, Pac-12, it wasn't doing so good. So then the year I came in, that's when we started really going to the bowl games, and then they just been on the run ever since. So it's like now I'm just trying to keep it a tradition of just, mm-hmm. just winning and winning big games. Sure. And and obviously the fact that it's uh it's here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, um, you know, we we understand that Las Vegas is you know very much a sports town now, but for people around the country, it's kind of growing. Uh, it's got to be cool for you to see you know the big state football on a big stage here at a, at a stadium like Allegiant, uh, right off the strip, you know, right not too far from where you grew up. Yeah, definitely. It's a, now now I can say like my hometown is a. Our kids are, is going to like dream to play in one day, play football in one day, NFL and college football. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Kate, that's the voice of Casey Hughes, uh, former legacy high school star, played at uh, both Utah and Michigan, where we wrapped up your career. Um, what what went into that decision? You you went and pursued a graduate degree up at Michigan uh, after you were uh, playing at Utah for a couple of years. How did you come to that decision to go play there? Uh, 
Uh, it was kind of a rough decision, but for the most part, that it was just me just hurting at the end of the day. But it was a good decision for me. Once again, I, I feel like it helped me grow and see football from a different perspective. Yeah, and dealing with different people, so it was, it was a good choice. Utah, obviously, you know, a major program, but Michigan has like. I don't want to say, you know, listen, Utah has history too. It, 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 all schools do, but we all understand like Michigan is one of those blue blood. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's seen it. You've all, everybody's seen the stadium uh, to see it from that perspective, from the inside. Uh, what, you know, what did you take away from that program? What, what were your thoughts about it? I was, wow, that's a good question. Um, the, the biggest difference there is just like knowing that at Michigan, you really, you really plan for people who's really been there. When you walk down the halls, you see the uh, the people who are in the Hall of Fame for the college football and all the things like winning the Big Ten and all that. It's like it, it was different, all the banners and everything. So at Utah, I feel like they just now starting to get on that kick, yeah. even though they have won big games in the past. But like, like I say, now consistently starting that tradition, I feel like they're gonna be that. Yeah, and you it was just a couple of years ago that you were that you were there and th- certainly in the midst of all the losses to Ohio State that Michigan has had, um, what do you think it meant for, you know, the guys in that in that locker room to get that win to finally get over that hump last week? Man, that major. It was <laughs> major. Like I know them guys they grind so hard there and I know the coaching staff and everybody involved. They put in so much time and effort, and you know, you just keep coming up short, keep coming up short. But then, once you finally get over that hump, it's just like it's unbelievable. Like I said, I'm proud of the guys that got it done, but I'm proud of the guys that tried to get it done and, and kept the, the new guys hungry to get it done. Yeah, laid the foundation. I think that's very important, right? Yep, yep, for sure. What? Well, I mean. People have known Jim Harbaugh for a long time. They've seen him from the outside. They've seen him on TV. They know, you know, the stories of him. What What was it like the first time that you saw that guy in person? Um, actually, the first time I seen him in person was when we played him uh, at Utah. That's right. His first year at Michigan. So that was the first time. So when I seen him again, it it was kind of like a confidence builder for me because <laughs> I was like, wow, like I kind of get y'all, y'all. Kind of gave you a first guy who's lost at Michigan, but then it was like, wow! Like he, he's a great guy. He's very smart, and he, he, he's all about the players and, and just trying to win. And I love that about him. It's like it's, it's, you would think like he never sleeps because <laughs> yeah. that like that's how hard he's trying to go for his players. Like he's trying to figure out all types of ways to win. And a lot of people don't believe it because you know he been lost a few big games, but. Now that he's been there a few years and he got his recruits and everything going, I think it's going to be a big turnaround. For sure. Now, we've heard some pretty legendary stories that he eats Wheaties with Gatorade instead of milk. Did you ever see that happen? Uh, No, but I can I can say he does do a lot of stuff. Like like, like I say, the chicken thing, that's very real. Like, <laughs> he doesn't mess with chicken because it's a scary bird. And like, all he eats is steak, like. Stuff like that is true. Like, <laughs> you'll be surprised. 
that's, that's amazing. Uh, we're, talking, we're, we're talking to Casey Hughes, played, played much of his career at Utah, but a little bit at Michigan as well to wrap things up. Uh, as, we, as we close things out here, we really appreciate your time today. What, what is your thoughts on where like Las Vegas high school football is right now? So much talent coming out of Vegas, so many schools coming in here recruiting. Uh, where is the talent level right now compared to the rest of the country? Uh, it's getting there. It's yeah. getting there. Like I said, when, when you get into the college level, you can see, you can tell the difference between playing in Vegas and people that's, you know, been playing down south. Like they, they do football. Like they have fields and grass fields, so they can just go play anytime they want. In Vegas, you, you got a few parks in the high school, but you got to do it the, the the heat in the summertime, and it's it's just a little bit different. But I, I do see it growing a lot, recruiting wise. For sure. Well, great, great, great stuff, Casey. We really appreciate it. Uh, any, any. I, I was trying to find you on Twitter. You have social media at all? Are you, are you, uh, you out? Oh, uh, I've been out, but I plan on getting back on pretty soon. Honestly. Yeah, it's probably for the best. It's a toxic place, man. Yeah. No, it is. So that's another thing. So I just, I just been all uh, just trying to figure it out. So yeah, I really kind of took a break from social media. There you go. Well, we, uh, we really appreciate it, and. uh We'll hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Enjoy some really, really big college football games involving a couple programs that you were a big part of, man. We appreciate it. I appreciate you as well. Thanks, man. Kate. No use. <laughs> there you go, Casey Hughes. I was going to say go blue, but we'll we'll take the go. This is fine. Uh, Casey Hughes, great, great stuff uh, from him. Uh, we always on Fridays talk to our good friend Stanford Route, former NFL player who has great insights on what is going on, and we'll get to that conversation next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The way I feel about the teams I leave that I once played for, I kind of always feel like I got to make them pay extra harder because they had a chance to keep me and they didn't. So just personal reasons why I go out and just play how I play. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. That is the voice of Deshaun Jackson getting ready to play one of the Many teams he has played for and against in the league, Washington football team. That's coming up Sunday out at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders looking to build off a win. Been a while. This is a, a calendar month between victories for the Raiders, but they are looking to build on a victory. We want to get into the Raiders and other goings on in the NFL with our good friend Stanford Rattles. We do each and every Friday. But before we even get into the NFL, sir. Houston has a pretty big game this weekend, so I'm sure your focus is elsewhere. Yes, Houston has a big game against the Cincinnati Bearcats, American Athletic Conference. <laughs> uh, I said it's going to be a big game. Hopefully they can go ahead and pull it out, but I definitely would not be surprised if they don't because, man, Luke Fickle and the rest of that Cincinnati Bearcats staff, they have that team rolling, so it's definitely going to be a tough up task to go ahead and try to take them down. Now, is it good for the program to lose? I mean, the money that comes in from the playoff access for the conference is great. Uh, just the recognition for the conference of Cincinnati makes it is great. Is this not is it not a good thing to lose for Houston? 
I mean, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, for Houston, it's not a good thing for them to lose, <laughs> but I do understand exactly what you're saying because if they can win the game, that will, I'm sorry, if Cincinnati wins the game, more than likely they will be in the college football playoff, which will then show that, you know what, there may be teams that are outside of the Power Five that actually are able to go ahead and be one of the tops in the country. So I definitely see the point you're trying to make, but for a Houston Cougar, for somebody playing in the game tomorrow, anybody, anybody associated with the University versus Houston is like, hey, man, F that. Let's go ahead and try to win this game and take down these Bearcats. <laughs> there you go. We will, we will look for, and a lot of people uh, outside of the conference will definitely be cheering for Houston tomorrow as well. So uh, we will all be watching that game in addition to some other really good college football games this weekend. But a lot of focus for the Raiders as well. They need this win, uh, certainly to keep their playoff hopes uh, looking up. They need to get this victory. You can't give any more of these games back. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson right there was talking about, you know, sometimes you need that little extra motivation. Ah, I played for this team. I'm gone now going against my old, my old, uh, you know, my old uniform. Basically a lot of the guys are gone uh, from there, but um, is, is there something to extra motivation? Like when, when you're playing on most of your careers with the Raiders, but like, is, is, is motivation a thing? Like, I feel like every Sunday you just get up anyway. Absolutely. I mean, and the thing is, once you play in the NFL and you've been through the NFL, let's say year two, year three, year four, it gets to where there are some times where you need a little bit of a boost because you're playing 17 games. Obviously, when I played, it was just 16. You're playing 17 games. You really think that every Sunday after every Sunday morning you're going to wake up feeling like okay I really really am all the way up for this game you're going to have some games where you just get out of bed and it's just like you know what I don't really really feel like going to work today but you know what I have to so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways so you need to find that extra little boost I mean we all saw the last dance with Michael Jordan Michael Jordan found little ways to always motivate himself oh my God that guy did not speak to me when I was at the steakhouse last night. Let me go ahead and drop 50 on his ball club tomorrow <laughs> night. So, yeah, so, uh, so no, yeah, D-Jax, I'm right there with him. Anytime you get let go by a team or you feel like they move on from you, that's always that added benefit. So, yeah, I do believe to go ahead and be able to go out and be able to play hard every Sunday or Monday night or Thursday or something like that, you have to find ways to motivate yourself. I mean, you look at the New England Patriots. They just have a way about themselves where Bill Belichick always has those guys with a chip on their shoulder late in the season. I don't know how the heck he does it, but you just goes to show that if you want to be good, you want to be successful, you want to be a great team, you have to find other ways to motivate yourself because there's going to be some mornings where you get out of bed just thinking, okay, I don't hate football. I I don't hate my team, but I just don't. I'm just not feeling it today. And uh, whenever you're going to get the team that let you go, that overlooked you, that could have drafted you, and they didn't, that's oftentimes that extra little boost that you need to go with. Then rather than the natural motivation of, hey, I'm playing this game that I know and love Sunday afternoon. So uh, sometimes you need that little rejuvenated type of motivation. There you go. And that was, it was Deshaun Jackson that was talking about that. I want to get your take as a, as a former defensive player. What, like we keep saying, okay, Deshaun Jackson's speed brings a presence to the field that takes the top off the defense that opens some more things up for everybody else. Um, we kind of just say that, but what does that really mean to a defensive player? When you have that much speed on the other side, I know, listen, you got plenty of speed yourself. Uh, you're not too worried about other guys' speed, but like when a guy is that fast on the offensive side, what does that do to a defense? 
Well, yeah, obviously, a lot of times you have to play cover two to his side, maybe have a safety go ahead and shade over. If he just simply runs straight down the field, he's going to draw a lot of attention. So that allows the other guys to be able to go ahead and run underneath patterns, and they'll be wide open because so much attention is being given to that speedster or that burn or what have you. I remember playing against D-Jax back in 2009. I believe it was his second year in the league, and uh, he went to the Pro Bowl that year. And we wanted, we beat the Eagles. They had uh, Donovan McNabb was quarterback at the time. And I even remember then, you know, like I said, he didn't really beat me deep or anything like that. But I could tell way back then, yeah, man, this young cat, he's got some speed. He's got some get-up to him. So no matter what, on every team, that's why Tariq Hill, you see Mike Wallace back when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see Hollywood down with the Baltimore Ravens. If you have a burner, that changes the game because the safeties have to pay attention to it. That corner has to really make sure that he's on his P's and Q's so he doesn't get ran away from on a nine route or something like that. So any time that the opposing team, the offense, they have a guy who can stretch the field, it adds so many more dimensions to their game, and that's one more thing that you have to worry about as a defender. I, I I kind of wonder about this. I mean, obviously you're you know you're focused on every single play, every single snap, and you're just trying to stick to your assignment. But if a team has a guy like that and they're just running nine routes all day and they're not throwing him the ball, like at some point is there is there a tendency to kind of let up and be like they're not going to throw this guy the ball, and then that's when you can actually beat somebody. Just keep keep testing them, and finally you're gonna you're gonna wear them down. Actually, it's so funny that you mentioned that. That's the thing, and that's what they're waiting for you to do. I remember back when I was in Kansas City back in 2012. We were playing against the Baltimore Ravens. They had Torrey Smith, you know, the speedster, the burner uh, that they had back then, and he was trying to take me deep every single play. And now they never tried me on on any of those nine routes. That's because, like I said, from all my years in Oakland learning, hey, when you're playing a lot of man coverage, all it takes is just one play for you to go ahead, get low to sleep, and then they get a big play on you, a 60-yard touchdown, and then that receiver looks like he actually had a good day, even though for 59 out of 60, 60 snaps, you were dominating him. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the, oh, that's the consensus that they think, okay, you know what, that, that corner, he's going to fall asleep. He's going to have one play where he slips at the line of scrimmage or we're able to go ahead and beat him and get a step on him, and then that's where we're going to take advantage of it. So, yes, you have to make sure that you do not have those lapses and focus of any stretch. That way you can go ahead and be successful for a full 60 minutes and then some if it winds up going to overtime. That is, uh, of course, the voice of Stanford Rowdy here every week here on the program, former uh, NFL corner star at Houston. Big game for them coming up uh, this weekend as well. Stan, were you surprised – that the Raiders were actually able to win last week. They were everything was going in the wrong direction. They lost three games in a row. They had a short week. They just weren't playing well. They come out and they they stunned the Dallas Cowboys. Were you surprised by that? I mean, what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, we, we're in Las Vegas. Come on now. Like, was I surprised? No, I, but I do understand what you're saying. I, I do understand what you're saying. Uh, obviously, them lose to the New York Giants. I hated that. <laughs> then they go and get blasted by the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. I hated that. And then the Cincinnati game, losing to Joe Burrow, although we all know Cincinnati, hey, man, they're not the old Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They're a good team. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I did not like that three-game losing streak, which I hope does not come back to bite us in the end. And when the playoffs are finally decided around week 17 or week 18. But uh, I knew that the Raiders had the ability to. I knew that they were probably going to have to, it's probably going to be more of a shootout than what you would call a defensive grudge because the secondary, that's probably their Achilles heel on the defense side of the ball. So 
they're going to have to go and score with the Cowboys. I know that they can. Deshaun Jackson, you saw, very first series, he has the long touchdown. That's why they signed him, because he can make big plays like that, even in year 13 or 14 or whatever it is for him right now. So I know that they could. It was just a matter of, are they going to bring the same team that they bought to win against the Baltimore Ravens week one, Monday night football, week two against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as you see uh, several other weeks this season, it was just a matter of which team is going to show up. And fortunately, that team showed up on Thanksgiving. Now that same team has to show up Sunday afternoon against the Washington football team. For sure. Well, I I am interested also. I, I know a lot of the calls worked out for the Raiders and their fans, and I'm sure you might have been happy. But, man, there was a lot of yellow on that field and a lot against the defensive backs in that game. What is it like for you watching flag after flag after flag on the defensive players? Well, I mean, uh, playing so much man coverage that we did back in Oakland, that was something our coaches, Willie Brown, God rest his soul, Rod Woodson, Kevin Ross, uh, Lionel Washington, we called him Speedy. Uh, Like, we knew, guys, we're playing a lot of man coverage. We want you to play aggressive. Penalties are going to happen. I'd much rather you get a 15-yard pass interference penalty than then throw a 60-yard bomb that's six points, and that's demoralizing to our defense. So it's not something that, th- that your coaches or your teammates are going to applaud you on, <laughs> but it is something that they understand it's a necessary evil that comes with that territory. So you just got to go ahead and fight through it. And the main thing is you cannot let that affect how you play play in and play out because the last thing you want to do is get out there on that football field and now you're not playing aggressive because you don't want to get a penalty and then they wind up getting a big play on let's say third and eight late in the game where they got to go and pick up this first down or they wind up getting a big touchdown late in the game which is the go-ahead score that actually helps them win the game so you'd much rather die with getting penalties aggressive penalties not careless penalties but you'd rather die with getting a getting penalties than rather giving up big plays because you don't want to get a penalty. At some point, do you feel for a guy like Anthony Brown that you played corner, like he had four pass interference penalties in that game. Do you start, you start kind of feeling bad for him or you just kind of like, all right, just keep going at him. Oh, no, I don't feel bad for him because (laughs) trust me, I've been there. I've had games where I've had several pass interference calls against me. So it is what it is. Now as an offensive player, they may feel for you a slight bit because you're on national TV, (laughs) big game, everybody's watching, but they don't care. They're just going to keep coming at you from from an offensive player standpoint. As a fellow DB stand, uh, from a fellow DB perspective, I get it. I understand it. I have been there. (laughs) But the main thing is you got to find a way to push through it and you got to find a way to still prevail because offenses are not not going to stop coming at you. You've got to get them off of your back, and you've got to do that physically. You've got to do that vehemently. You cannot do that in any way. Just hope that they're going to have mercy on you. This is the NFL. This is not college football. This damn sure ain't high school. So, like I said, when you're in that moment, you've got to find a way to prevail and pull yourself up out of that. You can follow him up on Twitter, at uh, SRoute26, and you have been responding to some tweets about one of my favorite clips on the internet right now, Brian Kelly developing a Southern accent overnight. That's hilarious. Yes, it really is, but <laughs> I get it. I understand it. Brian <laughs> Kelly, he's now coaching down there in the bayou, in the in the deep south, in the state that's shaped <laughs> like a boot. That's what everybody calls it. So he's doing his best to try to go ahead and try to blend in and try to go ahead and just, uh, and just absorb this Southern culture. I mean, come on now. Like, Brian Kelly's from 
where is he from, Boston or Pittsburgh? Or yes. Someplace up on the eastern seaboard. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like He was coaching in Cincinnati. Then he was in Notre Dame for about 10, 12 years. So he's known nothing but East Coast and Midwest. And now here he is down south where they have jambalaya and etouffee and, you know, crawfish and things like that. So he's trying to go ahead and immerse himself in this newfound culture that he's going to be a part of. And, yes, you just saw LSU. They won the national title with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all those guys just, what was it, two years ago. (laughs) So he knows if he does not turn this team, which is a sleeping giant, if he does not turn them into a winner, a viable threat in the SEC, and I mean quick, he knows the boosters, the alumni, the fans, they're going to come after him based on what LSU offered him to get him to leave South Bend. So he's just doing his best to go ahead and try to make sure that he is immersing himself, he is blending in with the culture that that purple and gold brings down there in Baton Rouge. There you go. Check him out on Twitter, SRoute26. Also, the podcast Believe in Raiders, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, what do you got coming up on there? Oh, man, like I said, we're just always, every week, me and my man, uh, Dennis Ackerman, every week, you know, we're talking about, you know, things going on in the NFL, obviously even things going on just in our country, but obviously the Raiders as well. Uh, We do it every week. I love doing it. Like I said, I also have my own podcast. It's called... um, Oh, it's called All Facts No Cap. You can go ahead follow me on Instagram at srout26 on Instagram as well, and even on on my YouTube channel, which the link is on my my IG page. But yes, uh, Believe in Raiders podcast. I love it. Me and Dennis Ackerman, we always cut up and have a good time. And like I said, I just I can't speak enough about it. It's definitely fun to do uh, every episode every week. There you go. Awesome stuff. We appreciate. It. We'll talk to you again next week, man. All right, you guys be good. Be safe. There you go. Stanford route. Awesome stuff from him. Great perspective uh, on the Raiders and on the NFL. And check out all of his podcasts and all of his social media. S route 26. Uh, we have so many friends that were former NFL players. Just so many of them all over the place. And Mark McMillan is another good friend of ours. He's coming up and he's bringing a friend, former NFL running back Larry Centers. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios.